Oxlund with his 31st pitch, pitching in his second inning. In the air, right field, hit well, and this one is up and out! A home run for Rosario! A three-run blast! It's not going to be a cycle, but he'll take Ooh. that every day. Rosario with his second homer. A four-hit night. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth on a Thursday morning. Lightning bets coming up in about 20 minutes. Our thoughts and picks and sides for the Thursday night football game, some NBA tonight, and of course, we do have an elimination game in Major League Baseball with the Dodgers and the Braves tonight. The Braves have a chance to get to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter joining us now to talk some MLB as both LCSs are on the brink here. Joe, let's start with the Dodgers. Rosario, we just played it as you came in here with the home run last night. Um, did When the Braves made those moves, right, when they lost Acuna in July and they made those moves, what did you think then? And obviously we know what it's turned out to be, but Anthopolis, what, what a job he did in Atlanta keep, to keep them afloat. I didn't see this coming, Joe. Did you did you think those moves were enough for them when they happened? Well, I, I never got off the Braves. Um, even when they were under 500 and the Mets were winning that division, I always thought that the Braves pitching and that strong infield would carry them to uh, the division title. When they made the moves, the biggest thing, it wasn't that they got great players in Duval, in Peterson, in Rosario, who was actually injured at the time. It was that they were upgrades on what they have. This is a team that was running out Guillermo Heredia. Uh, Orlando Arcia, the former Brewers shortstop, was playing left field for them. So it didn't take a whole lot to make the Braves better. And I think Anthopoulos was looking at the same thing, going, look, I've got replacement-level players here. Let me get average players, and that's going to make the team better. Now, the the four guys went off. You've seen the stats. They they had, what is it, 44 home runs in two months, the four of them combined. I don't think any of us had had them doing that. And certainly what they've done in the playoffs as well with Peterson and Rosario going off. But it was that upgrade from bad to average that made the big difference. Joe, a lot of people have commented, it's not just this postseason, it's happened several years now in a row, where, where bullpen games and less of the starting pitchers is is the way October goes now. What, what's, as a fan, as an analyst, what do you think of this? Because I mean, primarily it works, right? Teams wouldn't be doing it if it didn't work. Last night the Braves did it. A lot of times the teams are out of starting pitching. We know the Dodgers have a lot of issues right now just putting four guys out there because they're just they're short right now because all the injuries they've had. Baseball's moved to to basically bullpen games in October. What what is your thought on it? My feeling is the teams have a responsibility to win. And they whatever they think their path is to winning the games, it's on them. It's on the league to set the rules of the game so that to make the game maximally entertaining. So if we do decide this is uh, you know, not the way we want baseball to be played. I don't love that phrase, but we'll just we'll grant it for now. Then it's up to the league to do it. It's not up to the Rays or the Dodgers to be, you know, to, to play the game the way the game was played in 1976 to make old people, their socks roll up and down. It's all about winning the games. So I have no problems with what, the, what these teams are doing. And as you say, it works. You know, the best rotation, I mean, we saw the, the White Sox, who were as conventional a roster as you were going to find with you know, five starters with four pretty good starters get knocked out in the first round. We saw the Brewers, who had, you know, either them or the Dodgers were the best front three in the playoffs. We saw them get knocked out. So, you know, if you want conventional rotations, we have them, but they're not playing anymore. 
No, they're not. And right now, the Braves are one win away from sending the Dodgers home. They won't be playing anymore unless they make a comeback. They did it last year, the Braves. Joe, let's talk about the Dodgers. What's the biggest issue right now you're seeing? Because it just feels like, and I know that team, that really almost doesn't matter how many injuries they have. They have, had, they have so many good players that they just get through it. But I, I thought when they lost Muncie on the last day of the season, Max Muncie, that was going to be a hard one to get through. They did it against the Giants, just barely got through. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing watching that they're really missing his bat right now. Very much so. The left-handed balance in the middle of the lineup, you've got the, the on-base percentage, the power that he brings. I, I, you, always want to, you never want to react too much to one guy going out in baseball. It's not the NBA where one guy changes the whole thing. But in this specific case, because of what he brought to the table, it certainly hurt them. It's funny, it's hurt them defensively as well. They've patched Muncy's absence by using Cody Bellinger at first base and playing usually Gavin Lux, some uh, Chris Taylor in center. And there's been a lot of situations over the last two weeks where the defensive alignments haven't worked out. There was the big play uh, in game two of this series where Steven Souza was in right field because of all of these in-game machinations, and he made that terrible throw, not be able to get Rosario at the plate. So defensively, you know, we saw Lux in game three, it was, drop the fly ball at the wall. There are just all of these issues created by the absence of Muncie. And again, I don't want to Everybody's got injuries. You know, we started this talking about the, you know, the Braves not having Acuna, the Braves not having Soroka. I don't think the Braves are going to feel sorry for anybody, nor, nor should that. But the absence of Muncie has been felt for the last two weeks. Yeah, even last night, Urias kind of put his hands up when uh, when Lux didn't catch that ball in center field. Lux has never really played center field until the last week or so because they just want to get his bat in the lineup to make up for it there. So right now, Joe, um, the Dodgers plus 380 on FanDuel, Braves minus 500 to finish this thing. They obviously just need one more win. We did see this scenario last year, and the Braves couldn't finish it. Uh, in your mind, is this series all but over? No, because we, I, I said you got to go all the way back to October of 2020 to see the Dodgers you know, come back. And that was a different Dodger team. It was a different Braves team, all of that. But I don't think I can write off this Dodger team. You know, if, they, if they can win tonight at home, it's a bullpen game against Max Fried. If they can pull this one tonight, they go into the final two games of the series where they rested Max Scherzer, on full, you know, Max Scherzer pitching on full rest, and then uh, likely Walker Bueller. Uh, and I think that that's a good setup for the Dodgers. So they've just got to steal tonight. And, you know, now it's about the bullpen. And yesterday we would have said the bullpen game against Arias was an advantage for the Dodgers. They lost it. So now we're basically flipping that script. So I don't think this is over. I don't know if I love 380. I think I'd probably just roll over a Dodger bet from game to game if I really wanted to get action on it. But um, I, I don't think this series is over. In fact, I do think we'll have baseball on Saturday night. Joe Sheehan, the uh, Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, joining us here on BetQL Daily as we talk through the baseball playoffs. Let's go to the AL here, Joe. Last night, the Astros, in, in what was at first a low-scoring game, pitcher's duel, th they pull away. And um, and Frambois Valdez, I, what I think is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball, really, I think he's the, we said earlier in the show, first pitcher in, um, I think, the AL playoffs so far that, to go eight innings. And we, we haven't seen this in, in that side of the bracket this year. Your thoughts on Framber and, and what he did last night and, and you know how good he's actually been for the Astros this year. He, he's the type of pitcher I love. Power and ground ball. If he gets strikeouts, he gets ground balls. All of my favorite pitchers, all of everybody's favorite pitchers, pretty much fit that category. Um, one of the big success stories of this team the last couple of years under Dusty Baker has been developing Valdez and Urquidy. You know, getting McCullers back. I mean, they developed a lot of young pitchers, which is not something we would normally associate with Dusty Baker. But he's brought a lot of these guys along. We saw Christian Javier throw three shutout innings the other day out of the bullpen. Um, that, that pitching depth 
in the absence of Verlander, in the absence of Cole, with Zach Greinke in decline, has really kept the Astros atop of this division. So a lot of credit there to Baker, a lot of credit to Brent Strong, the pitching coach. But now they're going to have to finish it without Valdez. And maybe come back and give him an inning or two in Game 7, but he's not going to be pitching in Game 6. So it's Evaldi tomorrow, um, and we don't know yet the uh, starter for the Astros. Obviously, they're missing McCullers here. How do you view this? Is this, um, you know, the, the last night and the last couple of games give you the sense the Astros are about to finish this thing? Or, or do you still think there's some life there with the Valdi and the Red Sox tomorrow? Well, we've seen both of these offenses go off in this series. You know, the, uh, the Red Sox went up 8 nothing in one of the two games, 9 nothing in the other. We know they have the offensive capability. I, I like Arquiti, Jose Arquiti a lot. He got rocked the other day, obviously. We'll see if Luis Garcia's knee will allow him to start or if they're going to have to go. You know, bring Christian Javier back or go to some kind of bullpen game. Um, There's certainly some uncertainty there. But we know the Red Sox can beat up good pitching. And that's their chance to win this. I don't think the Red Sox can win 4-3-3-2. I think if they're going to win these last two games, they're going to have to put up more than a, more than one crooked number in these games. They're going to have to win 8-7, 9-7. That bullpen, you know, it was reasonably effective against the Rays but it's not what I want to be counting on to protect a one-run lead in the eighth against this relentless Astros lineup. they got to put up some runs. Joe, um, I was reading an excerpt of your, your newsletter, uh, the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, and, and you wrote about Alex Cora. Interesting, because, you know, Alex Cora, I feel like he gets the most love for the Red Sox success. Uh, High and Bloom's done a nice job since he got there, and they're, I think they're ahead of schedule in, in where kind of they were going with, with the new regime there. But, you know, Cora's back. He won a World Series a few years ago. Everyone knows who he is, and... Uh, big personality as a manager. But you wrote about something he did last night and he's done before that um, that might be flying under the radar and it's not helping the Red Sox. W- what were you talking about there? Well, if you look at the Red Sox, you know, Martin Perez, who started the year in the rotation, he's been a replacement-level starter for a few years now. He was a Rangers prospect forever ago. Cora has twice used him in pretty high-leverage situations, and he's the 11th or 12th or 13th man on the staff. He brought him into that game uh, 4-3 to relieve, uh, I forget, who got who loaded the bases in game two. In, in game one, in a situation where if you shut down the Astros, you go to the top of the, the bottom of the ninth down one run, or top of the ninth at the time. You know, Kike Hernandez, his solo home run that made that game 5-4. If they get out of that top of the, uh, bottom of the eighth with uh, nobody scoring, you tie the game. He did it again in game four, using Perez in a situation with the bases loaded, where he, if he can get out of the inning with a good reliever, the Red Sox have a chance to score and get back in the game. That was the game that blew up in the ninth inning. For some reason, Cora isn't recognizing that being down one run is a very high leverage situation when you have an offense the caliber of the Astros. So using the mop-up man in these two high leverage situations turned out to be very costly. It's a blind spot for a guy who typically runs the bullpen reasonably well. Um, Maybe not as good as the reputation, um, he got a lot of great work out of starters back during that 2018 run, starters out of, out of the bullpen. But um, it, it's a blind spot that has cost them in two of these games. Joe, what do you think that is? Is that a regular season mentality that kind of carries over the postseason? Because in the regular season, we see this, right? Managers won't say it out loud, but they'll play the win probability model. They'll probably play the, just play the schedule in their head. Like, hey, I got three games in a row before an off day here. I, I can't go to my leverage, guys. I, I might need them tomorrow. But in the postseason, it's, it's almost it's crazy to think like that. There, there almost is no tomorrow. And, and now with Boston, there obviously is none. They need to win every game. There's, I, I can't speak to the first choice. I will say that Cora, when he talked about the decision to use Perez in game five, excuse me, game four, um, he mentioned that Perez had had a good at-bat against uh, Brantley in, in the first appearance, 
They like the matchup. Um, and, you know, the left-on-left thing. Well, you know, Perez isn't really a lefty-getter. Lefties hit about 250 off him with you know, a little bit less power that he gives up to righties. Brantley isn't a high-split guy in his career. He's a bat-to-ball guy. He's generally had moderate platoon splits. You really want to get the best pitcher in that situation, especially you want to get the best strikeout pitcher you can get, as opposed to worrying about the left-on-left. So I think it was just a misapplication, maybe emphasizing that game two at bat a little too much and not recognizing what he actually needed in that situation, which was a strikeout. Joe, how would you play the rest of this series? Game six tomorrow back in Houston. Um, Red Sox plus 380, Astros minus 500 for the series, and it's almost the same thing as the Braves, even though that series is 3-1. This is 3-2. Um, you could take the Astros to finish it in six, minus 155. Astros in seven, plus 250. And obviously the Red Sox about plus 380 to win, win the series. How would you play this? Uh, do you think we'll see a game seven here in the American League? I don't. And, you know, Nathan Eovaldi has been a really good story for the Red Sox, especially down the stretch. But I think you mentioned, you know, 155 to win on Saturday. I think, should be on Friday. Uh, that'll be a pretty good bet, I think. I think the Astros close this out in six. Um, the over has been good, I think, four out of five or five out of five in the series, and maybe four with a push. Um, I think we'll see runs scored in Houston again. I think that that's probably a safer bet in this game, in part because, you know, if, the, if it starts to go bad for the Red Sox, they can get into that soft part of the bullpen and give up some runs. So I like the over and I like the Astros. Joe, uh, obviously we, we think we know, and we're, we're pretty close to knowing the uh, the two teams that will be in the World Series. We're not quite sure yet. Right now on FanDuel, you could bet the league to win the World Series. Right now it's American League minus 128, likely to be the Astros, NL plus 108. Right now it looks like it'll be the Braves, but not, neither of these are finished. If you had to t- take it right now, AL minus 128, NL plus money here to win the World Series a couple weeks from now, where, where would you lean? Uh, I would say AL because I do think the Astros will come out and you'll have one of two situations. You'll have the Astros over the Braves and the Astros are the better team. And I think 128 is a good number there. Or it'll be the Astros playing the Dodgers who will have to, and most likely have really run through their staff to get to the World Series. Remember, there's just that one day off between the NLCS and the uh, the World Series. So the if it is the Dodgers, that's the better team, but probably pretty worn out by the time they get there. So I think the AL there is a pretty good bet. Great stuff. Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. Joe, I really appreciate you uh, you giving us some time here. Enjoy the rest of the uh, the postseason here, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Joe. Take care. There he, there he goes. Joe Sheehan, he was on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash Beck QL. So Joe seems to think the AL is is going to be the Astros, whether it's in six or seven, but he's not willing. He was not willing to say it's over yet in the NL, which I, I know doesn't make Paul Aspen happy. That's all right. I mean, Paul's got, he's got him. He's got Kenny Ducey, Charles Barkley. I saw, I saw Bob, you see the Bob Nightingale tweet, uh, Paul? No, did he Dodgers? Did he go Dodgers? Mm, no, he, he went said, the wrong way. He said, get the champagne on ice for the Braves. Oh, no. Yeah, That's I a know. death sentence. That is a death yeah. sentence. Bob is not in the foxhole. Bob is not allowed in the foxhole. No, Bob's tweeting his way right out of the foxhole. That is for sure. All right, coming up on the other side, lightning bets. Our favorite plays for tonight, NBA, a Thursday night football game. And, of course, we get ourselves game five of the Dodgers and the Braves. That's coming next. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth. It's BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.